On the show today, the staff is escaping, Blizzard's 20-year plan, and the logistics of running a virtual army in 3, 2, 1... Alex, how much snow did you get up there? Not nearly enough for people to be happy and too much for me to want it. Uh, do you have enough that you can make a very small snowman? Uh, my friend did make a very small snowman. It was oh. tiny. Oh, that's fun. A, a little a little Keebler elf snowman put it in the tree. Something like that. Oh. So, not, not in a tree. That would. Uh, if you have a tree already, I we have questions. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, so from uh, all of the snow, small snowmen that are out there, uh, welcome to Total Pebble Knockdown. I am Nathan. And I am Alex. And uh, boy, we've got a snowball's worth of content for you. It's Total Snowball Knockdown. So first up on the show, uh, we have a little bit of business news. Not necessarily great news, but something that we well, kind of have to talk. Maybe it's kind maybe. of. It's bad news mixed with good news. Anyways, yeah. uh, as much as I don't care about news a lot of the time, uh, when I saw this breaking, I was like, ooh, must share mm -hmm. uh, with Nathan because I know he's going to want to talk about it once he sees it. And so we're doing that. Because I also want to talk about it. So let's start with uh, Nick Calandra, because this is really where the story starts, who is uh, now the former editor-in-chief of The Escapist. Uh, and he announced on November 6th that he was uh, fired from The Escapist, uh, and he declined his severance pay and will not be signing an NDA. And he said, I'm incredibly proud of everything my team and I achieved over the last four years and the community that we built together figuring out next steps now and moving forward that right was so on november 6th for anyone who is not familiar with what the escapists is, they do gaming journalism gaming news um formerly did videos yes we're gonna leave that formally in there there are yep. still people the escapists who do articles and uh nick and the team have said don't be mad at the escapists they're not yes. the ones who did it so don't do that but anyways the escapists uh, fired their editor-in-chief for reasons that were not clearly defined to uh, Nick for goals that he didn't meet. Right. Uh, my, understand and, uh, my understanding from what Nick was saying is that there were unrealistic goals that were basically being set upon him. Right. And uh, after pushing back on that and saying these are unrealistic goals for me to meet, they were like, okay, well then bye. Goodbye now. Yeah. 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 So, uh, Nick got fired, and that started a, um, I, I don't know, I think you said you watched the, the live thing they did? Yes. Where it basically, that didn't sit well with anybody on his team. Hmm. And what followed suit were mass resignations from everybody on the Escapist video team. That's right, and I think the most notable ones there would be like uh, Jack Packard and, of course, Yahtzee Croshaw. Uh, yes, which, which is why 
when I saw that, I was like, oh, Nathan's going to want to see this. Uh, Yahtzee, if, for anyone who knows what he does, it's zero punctuation, or formerly did zero punctuation. Right. He's been doing that show for 16 years. Yes, there's a lot of people that are prominent YouTubers now that are even the gamer space that grew up watching him do his game reviews. It's been very influential in the space. Uh, yes, uh, this, the time. phrase PC Master Race is actually coined by Yahtzee. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. Very important to understand the weight of that particular show. Uh, the Escapist does a lot more besides that, but Zero Punctuation has continued to be basically their biggest property that they've done under there. Right. If you just look at view counts and, and uh, reach alone. Yahtzee's left. Um, I, I had also mentioned Jack Packer just because Jack had done a lot of stuff with Yahtzee and does a lot of other media stuff so people are familiar with him. He went uh, as well. <laughs> So yeah, we have a whole list. We've got Frost and Jesse and Will Cruz and Darren Mooney. Yeah, the the list is very long. <laughs> the list is very yeah, long. Yeah, I think if you can on screen edit somehow put that in there. I'll I'll uh, throw you know, it up. You might have to chop it up to make it not so small because it's a very long list. There'll be a um, scroll going across at the bottom of the screen right now, so people there can you see. Go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Nick got fired and took with him the Escapist's entire video team. So their yes. 1.2 million, uh, you know, strong subscriber YouTube channel for the Escapist, mm. unless they become a parent company, hires a new team for it, mm -hmm. nothing. Right. They're not going to have anything. They said they might have two more videos if they go out. That was a zero punctuation and another video that were like slated to go out. Yes. Um, aside from that, the 1.2 million subscriber YouTube channel dead. Right. And there's been a lot of coverage about this. The coverage, at least, that has been done uh, has basically been calling this uh, escapist shooting itself in the foot. Uh, or well, other yeah, parts. not even escapist at this point because they didn't do it. It was gamers, which is gamers the parent who owns them. They also own Destructoid and a bunch of other things I've never heard of. Right. Um, <laughs> I looked into it a little bit. I was curious. I was trying to see if I could find their stock prices, see how much that just fell, but it's private, mm. so I could not. Anyways, so. So yeah, the Escapist crew is no longer at the Escapist, aside from the article writers and stuff. But uh, through uh, something terrible, as in this guy getting fired and taking the whole crew with him, uh, they found something new to do. That's right, they did. And just a couple days ago, I want to say, uh, they did a, a live stream announcing their new venture, a YouTube channel and going to be a Patreon, a Discord, I guess, or, uh, which is uh, Second Wind. Second yes. Wind. And so yes. it sounds like the content's going to be very similar. Uh, yep. Yahtzee's been Everyone. talking about a, you know, an animated uh, show similar to yep. probably... And the then Design Dev will still be there because he owns the property that... Uh, um, Yahtzee has to do something different because he does not own the IP for zero punctuation. That's right. Um, I've actually got a tweet, a small tweet thread up from Yahtzee right now I wanted to read. Zero punctuation is a big thing. Everything else is great too, but Yahtzee was really, really kind of important. So he has a new thing, and I don't know if you heard what he was going to call it. Oh, it's fully ramblematic. 
Yeah, so the name of his longtime blog has been Fully Ramblematic. And so his new show is Fully Ramblematic. And the tweet says, Fully Ramblematic and all Second Wind's content will, of course, be 100% independently owned and funded. So any support you can offer through the Patreon will go a long way. The response to that, uh, it's already been mind-blowing. They already have over... 2,000 patrons and their YouTube channel that is brand new and as I said during the stream that they would probably be monetized right after the stream as long right. as they went for at least an hour because there were about 4,000 people viewing. Five I think and uh, they were already at a uh, hundred thousand subscribers uh, it's, yeah it, they, they put out a tweet about that I checked it earlier and it's like about at 128 now right which for a brand new youtube channel with is, no real content right now by the way yeah with like one with one video is like yes ridiculous they have a second channel for live streams too anyways second second tweet this one's a little bit more interesting it's a uh, yahtzee says you know there was a moment earlier this week when i was looking at old zps and thinking that's it 16 years of my life gone but the response to Second Wind has made me see it differently. Maybe those 16 years were actually an investment in the audience and a community. Now that's, nah, that's now paying off with this response. I promise to keep the sweary, knob-gag-filled vitriol going for as long as the market demands. <laughs> There's going to be a demand for that for a while anyway. So. Yep. Uh, he's excited he can swear again because they're going to be all independently funded. Yes. They don't have to worry about YouTube monetization as much, which right. is amazing. I mean, they're still going to be monetized, but, like, the outpouring of support from everybody has been so crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube in days. Mm-hmm. Patreon of, like, 3,000 people in going, plus other donations. They already have um, sponsors wanting to work with them yeah you know it's just holy shit (laughs) yeah it's it's a fledgling company that is already i think from the gravitas of the people that are inside of it there's a lot of people that are excited to jump on a new venture with all of the people that are in uh second wind and Uh, that's and that's the big thing too it's it's you don't see this happen that much i don't think no in a lot of places but the fact that Nick was so beloved by his crew mm-hmm. that did videos with him that every single one of them in solidarity just kind of went, hey, you know what? We're leaving. Fuck this place. Yeah. We're leaving. We're going to follow Nick. We don't have a plan. We're going to follow him. And I think that's paying off right now. Yeah. It's like it, they it are is. no longer beholden to a company that does not care um, I know they were saying during the live stream that, like, being able to self-promote their own stuff, Yahtzee has a game and his books, and they were clamping down on him for doing that. Mm. He's like, nah, I can show this stuff all we want now. Yeah. It's our stuff. We yeah. can talk about it. We own it. Mm-hmm. So it's really awesome to see that. Yeah. Like, they should be allowed to, obviously. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're sort of unleashed now. They can do whatever they want with their content. Oh, no. Oh, that's Yahtzee probably unleashed. Scary. That's kind of scary thinking about that. But, uh, hey, you know what? It's how he got where he is today, so, you know, I, I can't see it being bad for him. What I'm wondering, though, here's my prediction for you. I, do you think Will and 
at what point do you think Second Wind will become a bigger asset than Escapist at the, now that they've... Uh, in what metric? Uh, in terms of channel strength, in terms of revenue? I don't honestly know because, well, if we're talking about the Escapist YouTube channel, mm. it'll be when it hits over 1.2 million subs. Given that the Escapist YouTube channel is probably dead in the water, it doesn't take much. They're still going to get residual views from right. people watching old videos, I'm sure. If you're talking about the Escapist website and the magazine, essentially, I don't know any metrics for how much traffic the website gets. Right, and, and they're not really going to be competing in that space because they said they didn't want to do a website, so... Yeah, but yeah. they have said that Darren is going to be doing an article for the $10 a month patrons. Oh, okay. Because yeah. he, he loves doing it, and he's, I guess, one of the best people that was on the Escapist for that stuff. So they're sure. like, yeah, he still wants to do this, so... So we'll do it for the patrons specifically. Well, that's good. That's good. Maybe that's not a great metric, because, yeah, usually once channels start to get a lot of traction, they don't lose a lot of subscribers. I am wondering about, like, view time is going to be taken a lot away from Escapist. There's not new yeah. content. Sure. Those videos used to get hundreds of thousands of views. And yeah, especially Zero Punctuation, half a million views on those specifically. videos. Specifically. Which you don't well, see all that often for game reviews. No. No. Um, not unless they're in-depth game reviews. And Yachty was known for doing like short game reviews. Right, right. The idea for people that don't know about Zero Punctuation was that the reviews are incredibly fast. Uh, to the point where he barely sometimes he barely stops talking at all, or even uh, you know puts a period at the end of sentences. It just kind of all Hence flows. Zero punctuation as the name. Yeah. Um, so I'm sure he'll do continue doing that. Hence, fully emblematic. He does ramble. He does make silly jokes. He's curses. He he tells you his honest opinion for the most part. I don't know what's going to be different about Fully Emblematic because I know that his zero punctuation is always a subversive review. Yes. Yeah. It's so, a critique more than a review. Um yes. he's, a, he's a game critic. Yeah. But it's interesting because when I was watching the the live stream, he said something that I think people mistake about Yahtzee is that he said, I really love games and I love the industry. Because I think when yeah. people when people watch uh Zero Punctuation in the same way that they used to do with like um Sterling, you know, uh, they have this impression that these people hate games, <laughs> and it's like, no, they're critical of games because they love the medium, you know, yeah. and so it's important to understand that, and, and they'll be more than happy to come out and specifically state that, uh, yeah, no, oh yeah, sure, we hate games, except for, let me give you a laundry list of all the games we love. <laughs> yeah. So hopefully, with that kind of a passion, especially with people that really love the medium, um, I'm I'm really thinking Second Wind is going to be a good takeoff point. They they're already yeah. very strong out of the gate. There's a lot to still like really unpack here that we're probably not going to get into. No. Um, they have a Discord. Uh, if you want to join that, I'm sure they'll. It's right now. It's mostly just announcements and whatnot, which is fine. They're trying to get all their stuff rolling. Everything's going to be like free at the gate for videos. But if you want to support them, then do that. I'm sure. sure they'd be very grateful. And uh, I just think it's insane. Like this week, just suddenly it was like, hey, fired. Took the whole crew of the Escapers video team with me. Mm. Like every single person that was on that team resigned. That's yeah. Not, that or was fired. 
Yeah. So it's a kind of a big deal, especially for escapists. Side note, right here at the end, though, like a, a few days after that happened, we got word that Gizmodo was laying off 23 members of essentially their editorial teams for like all of their magazines, uh, which is like over Gizmodo, Deadspin, Kotaku, Onion, um, and uh, and they shut down Jezebel altogether. And so they had put out a statement uh, about that. I'm pretty sure that those writers are going to find new jobs, but uh, it's... Um, I don't know. Games media is uh, a little, little shaky right now when it comes to... Yeah, I was to... thinking that. Uh, good thing we don't do any kind of important games media. Yeah, yeah. And if we did, I guess we'd be independent. We don't really work for a company, and I guess it's probably good that we don't. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> our that job would be said, tentative. Hey, if you want to buy, buy TPK, um, no. It's, uh, we're, it... worth, we're worth nothing. Listen, uh, so I am going to request at least $10 and a bag of Skittles if you want to buy TPK, okay? It's gotta be Skittles. Can't be the off-brand stuff. I need the real premium stuff. Let us know what you're thinking about Second Wind, what you'd like to see from that channel, what you're thinking about these shakeups in games media, and, and what do you think Hey, if you're next. from Second Wind and you want to come and talk to us on the show, let us know. If you want to slum it down here, that's perfectly fine. We're more than happy to talk to you. Yeah. We're, we're happy to understand exactly what's going on. We always like to have a better idea. But um, yeah, uh, let us know in the comments down below and uh, tell us if you have any additional information or other stories that we might have missed in this genre that you'd like us to cover. I hear that uh, in this very snowy weather, a blizzard has rolling in. <laughs> That's where you're going with that. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, uh, BlizzCon just happened, and I know you're not huge on keeping up with the stuff Blizzard does, and a lot of people don't care. Uh, but that's fine. That's fine. BlizzCon happens, and we got announcements for things such as Diablo and yes. maybe StarCraft. I don't know. I didn't watch all of it. Let's be real. I did not watch all of it. I was mainly there for the Warcraft stuff. Yeah, I have heard that you frequent the World of Warcraft. We've got a new expansion coming out yep. next year. Because they have a their their cycle actually has been every two years this new expansion. Sure. I did not realize it was that frequent. Mm -hmm. Looking back at how many expansions there are, that should make sense, but I never did the math. <laughs> okay. So currently, from stuff I've listened to and whatnot, they're pretty much done with all the content they had backlogged up from all the RTS games. Okay. Anything they could pull from, from the RTS games, they, they're done with it. There's okay. nothing that is left to pull from, from Warcraft 1, 2, 3, the Frozen Throne and whatnot. Sure. Okay. So they're now in a spot where they're doing completely new stories. What was unprecedented was they announced their new expansion. They didn't just say, hey, our next expansion is this one game. They went, hey, our uh, new expansion is actually going to be a thing called the World Soul Saga. It says... Um, what does it say? World of Warcraft World Source World Soul Saga. A grand new adventure, 20 years in the making. Because WoW is turning 20 next year. Nice. 
And what this is, is a set of three expansions to cover one storyline. Okay. Three expansions for one storyline. Yes. And so this is interesting because they've never done that. Every expansion they have done so far has been its own kind of self-contained story. They might build off of and touch and play a little bit with the other ones. Mm. But most of the time, it has been like Burning Crusade. You played during that. Yes. We're going to um, Outlands for fighting the Burning Legion. And after Burning Crusade was done, they went for uh, Wrath of the Lich King. We're going to Northrun for fighting the Lich King. Yep. Separate stories, separate enemies. Nothing really interplayed between the two. Um, we went back and fought the Burning Crusade again in Legion sure. years later. Um, but it didn't. It wasn't like the same story. It was just like, oh, they came back. This is a story that builds off of a different one. In this case, the World Soul Saga, mm -hmm. we're starting with uh, the War Within, which is going to be like underground subterranean stuff. Okay. Um, then we go to... Uh, Midnight, World of Warcraft Midnight, which seems to be um, Void-based. There's been a lot of that going on because old gods and stuff. There has been a lot of that recently in a while. But also, what they're doing with Midnight is a revamp of Kalthalas, which is the starting area, starting zone for the Blood Elves. Oh, Southern yeah, City yeah. And stuff. It was basically destroyed. And the Sunwell, I think, was corrupted. And as so, they do. As they do. Yeah. So they're doing a revamp of that, which came out during Burning Crusade. Okay. Um, and so that one's interesting. And the last one is the World of Warcraft, The Last Titan. And allegedly, uh, we're going back to Northrend. Okay. So. Okay. We don't know the story itself. I know the cinematic trailer was kind of emotional and interesting, and it plays off the end of Legion, sure. where the Titan had stabbed the sword into Azeroth, and mm -hmm. kind of, it's been there since Legion, just a giant sword sticking out of the ground. Sure. And so, in the cinematic, they're they're looking at it, and he's like, uh, Thrall's like, who are we getting these they're getting visions from Azeroth or something like that yeah and they're like what the heck we don't know what's going on and Thrall's kind of like I don't know but you know what I do know is that sword was aimed at something mm. and so with a name of the world soul saga and a lot of stuff that's been going on in this current story dealing with the titans mm -hmm. and Azeroth's soul essentially because it's you know living entity kind of deal it's really interesting to me that they're doing a three store like a three arc trilogy for this because they haven't done it before and i'm thinking it will give the story a lot more time to you know be told and the cycle they do these in in the two years they kind of push the story to a breakneck pace for a lot of it and don't space it out quite enough uh, where yep. especially if you're coming into it you go hey um, I just started 
I'm doing the story for the first time, and this has been out for a year already, and then the story goes, cool, cool, cool. Oh, you hit the max level? Yeah, everything that's been going on the last year is now open to you. It doesn't matter the sequence that these came out in. Everything is now on the table for you, mm. and we're not going to tell you which one of these came first. Yeah, yeah, I think you've mentioned that before, and I started to kind of get um, a little trepidatious about ever going back to World of Warcraft because of just the immensity of how many different things there are and getting lost in, in the different storylines. Uh, yeah. So so th th is this really going to fix it? I guess that's the, the thing I'm wondering. Like, if I came in and they had just started this story, is it going to be something like that is kind of self-contained as like a three-story arc? I'm hoping it'll be enough their first three-story arc, especially with them doing it in this fashion, that you won't get... I'm hoping you won't get lost. Like, not you personally, but I'm hoping that anyone coming into the game for this and, like, not having a lot of backstory to it, I'm hoping that it will be, hey, here's what's going on, here's what we're gonna do, mm -hmm. and, like, tell the story through and not assume you know all the 20 years of information behind it sure because that's even like um crave has said because she plays a bit with me and she said the issue i have is that they assume i know all these characters and places mm -hmm. and i have no idea who anyone is since you have a 20 year history here uh of the game itself that's one thing but then of course the history of the world itself that they've built which is much yeah. larger uh and and longer it's a lot to take in, uh, especially it for is. new players that might be getting and into that's, it. I feel like that's the biggest issue WoW has in general, is that the game is fun. The gameplay is decent. They've made it, it's more fun than I think it's ever been. They've been working uh, class overworks for this expansion. Uh, the flying overhaul has been great. How the game feels to play is great. I think they need to work on the pacing and the way they tell the stories because they do tell interesting stories. But I think that the demand of an MMO being a live service game and needing to push out constant updates makes it so that the way they tell the stories isn't always ideal for cohesion. Right. Right. That being said, I'm excited. I've never seen them do a three arc story this way. Are they trying to jump on the whole trilogy thing of, like, I getting out three pieces? I think what they're trying to do is put all the cards on the table. They have a new creative director for WoW, okay. uh, Chris Metzen, if you're familiar with the name. Not really. So he is the iconic voice of Thrall. He is the, ah. was the voice of Varian Ren. Varian uh, died. I think he was maybe Uther who also died in Legion. Um, he'll come back. I'm, <laughs> he'll come back. So they killed off or downplayed a bunch of the characters he voiced because he had left Blizzard Got back it. in like 2016. He uh, was burnt out. He was doing stuff for WoW, StarCraft, uh, maybe StarCraft, WoW, Overwatch, and Diablo at least. And he sure. was burnt out. So he, he quit. He is now back in the sole position of, like, lead of World of Warcraft. He is just in charge. Uh, the creative director, I believe. Okay. And so, like, he was originally one of the people that was on the, the Warcraft team as a, at the core. Sure. Forever ago. 
And so with him back like at the helm, we're hoping ever the community is hoping at large that WoW will just feel better. Because since he's left, it's kind of people have been like, yeah, WoW kind of lost some of that bite. Sure. Excuse me. Like the stories have been interesting, but they haven't really had any teeth to them. Mm-hmm. It hasn't really felt Warcrafty, and so people are hoping that with him back, every it'll make things feel a lot more Warcraft than it has in a while. Um, okay. So we're gonna see how that goes. Chris uh, in charge and bringing the team with him, and like this announcement is kind of them going. These are the cards we're putting on the table and what we want to do, and hopefully it does well because it's really cool. To, I, I think it's really cool to see like a three-part story like that because mm. it goes, here's what we're doing and what you can expect out of it. Sure. Like, we're not going to give you all the details, but like, here's what you can expect and where this is going. Yeah. Yeah. Um... That's good. And then, but yeah, they're making, I think, a lot of positive changes. They're bringing the dynamic flying, which is the dragon riding stuff. You like um, that a lot. It's it's really fun, actually. Mm. Um, it's really nice just zooming around. Um, they're bringing that to the rest of the world. Good. good. They've already started it. You had a couple of races that you could do over in Kalimdor in the Eastern Kingdoms for dragon cup riding. For races, essentially. Which let you do that. Um, but they're bringing it to the wider world of Warcraft. And I think that's probably one of the reasons they're going to revamp Helthalos. Mm-hmm. It's because those zones you can't fly in. I know. I'm excited. I didn't really pay attention to much news for Diablo or Starcraft or Overwatch. Cause well, Overwatch, whatever. who yeah, that's not really our thing. I, I, I played some of the original Overwatch and mostly just to realize that this really isn't my kind of game. That's, yeah. yeah. Uh, Star- uh, Diablo, Starcraft, you know, I love it, but I haven't played it since the original, so. Yeah. And I haven't played it since uh, Wings of Liberty. Yeah, I didn't even play Starcraft 2, so I, I don't know. I, I was actually, I think, kind of, I since, honestly, since they kind of shelved Starcraft Ghost, I was like, oh, they don't really, they, they're, they're not really supporting the project, the, the, the world oh, building. To, to, to be a small tangent for Starcraft, the Starcraft 2 story was great. I didn't yeah. play all three of them because I sold it as a, hey, this is three different, three different games, games which is stupid. I have to buy instead yeah. of doing the three campaigns like the original one. So I was kind of like, yeah, eh. yeah, that it was... was good, but it wasn't good enough to make me want to buy it three times. Yeah, that that um, I felt, thought was a little little suspect. <laughs> that, well, the issue I had for StarCraft was that if you played StarCraft 2, yeah. like the campaign was fine, but it really just felt like an extended tutorial through it. Mm. Yeah. So it was like each mission we're going to introduce something new to it, and then you're going to know how all these units work. Oh, good! Now you know how to play the game multiplayer. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Which, and I don't, I don't play StarCraft multiplayer because no. that's not fun. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's not fun at all. You know what? What I never understood, and I know that there's always been rumblings about it, but I'm, I am kind of surprised that Blizzard didn't think, hey, what about if we did like World of Warcraft but with StarCraft? did like sea of starcraft um, or something like that i mean that's that's what warcraft 3 was yeah so i mean they they already did that <laughs> no no i mean like do world of warcraft 
but do StarCraft as World of Warcraft. Oh, you mean a StarCraft MMO? MMO in the same kind of vein where you could be either the Terrans or the Zerg or the Protoss, and you could um, you could explore whatever planet they were on uh, or whatever planet they were they were trying. I feel like that'd be hard. Um, yeah. Maybe I don't know. It'd be weird. Sci-fi MMOs don't always do the best. Mm. I just like Maybe. the I, I like the idea that eventually you would have Terrans and you could still get like little Zerg pets, like little Zerglets instead of Zerglings. You, you get the little thing. Um, um, they would end up doing it. I swear to God, if they ever if, if they ever tried. But it would it would be a really good property, especially if they wanted to start something new. Because I would I would very much like to play a, a StarCraft MMO actually. Uh, well, you would I have would to get back that. into MMOs in general, Nathan. Yeah, I have trouble with them. I've I've thought about Eve at some point, like maybe tooling around in that. But I it's don't know. Free. It is. Free. I've been playing a bit of Eve lately, just because I can. Yeah, yeah. Is it good? Um, I I thought it 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 looked too complex for me to really. It's get complex. Into. Good is a strange word to ask about. It's interesting. It's different. It's not what you would expect from like a WoW. Right. It's I, deep. Yeah. But it's mainly function through context menus and stuff. So it's a different beast altogether. Yeah, I think that's the problem that I had with a lot of MMOs is that it kind of has to engage me before I'm at like a few hours or I'm wondering what the what the point is where I have to really understand what I'm doing and where, you know, really feel good with playing the game uh, that I want to do it long term. And there's very few that really did that for me. I think WoW was the last one, but then it got grindy and I didn't want to keep grinding. So... Yeah. Uh, At least now the grind is more f interesting since last time you played, they didn't have world quests. No, they did not. No, so they did. these are like after you hit the max level and finish the main story, it's like, hey, cool. You're done with like the main story. You want to just do random quests throughout the world for rewards? You can do that. Mm hmm. Like well, it good. goes here are daily world quests you can do. Go sure. have fun. And then even if you don't want to do that, there's always dungeons and other side quests and whatever you really want to do, which I think is nice. Oh, sure. I'm not a person who just wants to grind all the time unless I just want to grind. Mm -hmm. um, but the world quests, especially if you're like grind grinding reputation, make mm -hmm. it a lot easier because like, ah, oh, yes, I want to grind rep with this one faction. Let's see all the quests for this faction. Let's go. Boom, 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 boom. Sure. Um, I don't know. I feel like you should give it another shot at some point, just because it's changed so much mm -hmm. in the last 16 years. Right. Um, it's been a while for me, so... It's been a while, but... Yeah. Hey. Hey, you know what? Maybe next year, uh, you know how I said I was gonna do those second chances stuff, you know, next year? Maybe on the live stream, maybe maybe I'll go back in and play a little bit. There you go. That'll be something. Uh, <laughs> you can try the Exiles Reach, the new starting area that they did for WoW. It's a tutorial zone. Oh boy. It's not great. No. It's not great. I mean... Great. The old... I mean, you probably still remember mostly how to play. Yeah. Yeah, I, um, get, I get how to play WoW... <laughs> You just tool around with stuff. It's fun. Yeah, you just tool around with stuff. Yes. 
Anyways, anyway, uh, if you followed any of BlizzCon stuff and that we didn't touch on, or if you have hopes and dreams for the future of Warcraft, like I do, mm-hmm. uh, feel free to add your thoughts to our discussion over on Discord or down in the comments. Yeah, this is mostly just me speculating a little bit and talking to you about this, Nathan, because I'm excited and I'm hoping that the future of Warcraft is better. Sure. Dragonflight has shown us that the game can be more fun again. The only issue people have had with Dragonflight is that it lacks that bite. Yeah. Like, the villains don't feel villainous enough. That There doesn't seem to be stakes here where there should be. Mm -hmm. Um, But overall, like, the game itself has been more fun. So if we can get the fun with that over-the-top dramatic... like feeling of something is in peril you know oh sure i think i think warcraft will be in good shape if they can manage to both threaten the world and make it feel like warcraft and also keep that fun going so we'll see what they can do yeah i mean you gotta threaten the world or what's what's uh going on you know yeah as as bellular was saying because i listen to them sometimes it's warcraft has always been like about the heroes and the big characters and stuff like that and like dramatic moments and like sacrifice Mm -hmm. it's like if you give us those moments again those big set pieces that feel really great um that'll be good that'll be real good yeah certainly um uh, if you are leaving comments down below, uh, one thing I would kind of like to know is, in terms of the Blizzard properties, are you more Warcraft, Starcraft, or Diablo for, the, like, the big three? Uh, what oh, do you I was like gonna say to... Blackthorn. Oh, Blackthorn? Yeah. <laughs> they gotta bring back some of those properties, too, at some point. No. 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 They're, they're too invested in, like, Overwatch and those things, yeah. Oh, well. Blackthorn mentioned. Anyway... Uh, let us know in the comments down below how you feel about BlizzCon and what you were excited about on this year's BlizzCon. And and was it a blizzard for you? Or were you left out in the cold? Or was it a con? Or was it a con? Exactly. Blizzard or con? Or both? Alex, we have a lot of other things that we could be talking about right now, but we're not going to do that because I need to talk to you about a game. Um, okay. Sorry. I know you were really excited to talk about uh, a variety of different topics, but... Yeah, my taxes. No, I I didn't want to talk about taxes. Um, that's, no. a, that's a different show. You can... That's, that's H&R Block Knockdown. That's, that's Block Down. Total H&R block down. Also, don't use H&R block. This has been financial advice from Alex. I wanted to talk to you about a game. And the reason I wanted to talk to you about a game is because I started playing it at the beginning of the week, and I can't stop playing it, and I wanted to discuss it. And it's called War Tales. Uh, You are probably not familiar with this game at all. I've heard of it. I think I've seen it come up on Steam a few times, and I have not clicked on it. Okay. Good. Well, then I get to talk to you a little bit about it and why it kind of surprised me. Uh, So the idea of War Tales is you basically have uh, almost a CRPG kind of setting for this. 
you know, it's a top-down perspective where you have a crew of adventurers and you're going off on quests and, uh, you know, you're, you're gaining levels, gaining new skills and all of that. I would say that it's a little bit like if you took maybe like the Baldur's Gate kind of aspects of it when it's like, you know, a, a storytelling kind of thing, but more or less, uh, you know, uh, turn-based combat and, and all of that set in kind of a fantasy world. So the CRPG? Like a CRPG, yeah. <laughs> Meshed with a little bit more of, like, XCOM in terms of outfitting your troops, having uh, different, like, lines of skills that go through your levels that you can choose between as tech trees for different okay. classes. Uh, it, it's a little bit like that. But... I think what's so interesting about this is that it doesn't really make any allusions to being, like, the heroes of fate that are going to go and, you know, take on the big bad evil thing, uh, or that it's a fantasy world writ large, although it has some fantasy elements. Basically, the way it starts out is it says, okay, you're going to create an adventure party. There's a, a host of different kinds of character classes, and there's even a profession that each one of them can take on. So, like, things like thieves or uh, bards or uh, woodcutters, miners, stuff like that. You have profession levels, similar to, I guess, like, um, what was it, Final Fantasy X2? Or so, some of the Final Fantasy head jobs that they could yeah, take job on. job class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These help your overall stats, but they're also specific so that you can go and mine for stuff or, you know, do do any of those things, fishing, etc. Right. You start with these four characters, and they say, yeah, yeah, outfit them however you want, and uh, choose their backstory. Who are they? Okay. Like, are, are they a, a bunch of students that got together, uh, like, scholar students? Did they grow up in a small town together? How did they really know each other? You kind of choose their backstory, how they all originated and everything. And then they basically set you down in this world and say, all right, you are now venturing out into this medieval landscape with a lot of different provinces and everything, and they've all got their individual conflicts that are going on. Uh, the first one has to deal with, like, a refugee crisis that's going on and farmers that aren't sure about, like, what they what they want to do. And so you have to kind of rectify different things there. But that there isn't really a grand plan for any of you. You have to figure that out. After you do that, though, it kind of opens up to where it becomes very ambiguous as to what kind of characters you want to be. And the the reason I say this, the the moment I realized that this was something different was I came across a skirmish that was on the road. And it's these bandits. And the bandits are attacking a trade caravan. Right? And I go up to it and it's like, oh, I better see what this is all about. And I go up and there's a little screen and they're like showing the conflict that's going on between them. And then they ask me a question. Am I going to help the bandits attack the trade caravan? Or am I going to help the trade caravan fight off the bandits? And they give you, like, a, a few, like, what the rewards are going to be, and they differ a little bit, but they don't really make a judgment on you about, like, what you want to do. Okay. Uh, uh, and at that point, I was like, oh, this is very interesting how they're framing this world, that... You can steal, and you can get wanted levels and deal with the incursion of 
of uh, other characters, but you also have the ability to fence some of the gear. There are even rewards for doing so. You could help all of the refugees, or you could help the farmers. You could help the establishment uh, folks, the brotherhood that's out there. Or you could help the people that are trying to take them down. There is no morality associated with it, essentially. Uh, it's They're not saying you're good guys or bad guys by doing any of that. I'm wondering if you could help the, ba- uh, help the trade caravan fight off the bandits and then be like cool we uh we helped you out now you give us some money here's the or we'll attack you ourselves i got news for you alex is that any trade caravans you come across you can actually choose to attack them oh and take and 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 take them out you can attack (laughs) trade caravans you can attract you can attack the guards that are patrolling the roads if you wanted to uh, you could steal so everything I, I, from people. You, yeah. I feel like you should play this game and sit there and be like, I wonder if I can make our crew just like this notorious band of caravan killers. Yeah. yeah well, there's the, the options are there. Uh, I, obviously, there's going to be cause and effect in terms of how everybody views you because suspicion is going to lead to the guards coming and accosting you and saying you got to turn over your goods, you got to pay for your crimes, you got to do all of this. But if you think you can handle that, <laughs> you could yeah. you could keep trying to do that. Um, there there are mission boards uh, where different characters will ask you for for different things. But it does get into that territory where uh, you'll get a mission and you're kind of like, I don't even know what side I'm supposed to be taking in this. Or like they don't they don't even necessarily want to make it very clear that it's just like this is the good side and this is the bad side. You know, yeah, this sounds very ambiguous. It's very ambiguous, and some of those you could see like, well, I can see the 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 point that they're trying to make or they're trying to make, and it will help advance the story regardless until you get to the end of that story mission, which is what I did for the first region, uh, where I was trying to I was like trying to help the refugees because there was you know this militant organization that was trying to keep them out. But yeah. the refugees kept had like taken over a, a small, a, like abandoned fort, and were trying to put up settlements. And so you can kind of understand where like there's people that are frightened, and they don't know if you know people are stealing from them. And then at the other hand, there are people that are like the refugees, and they're trying to come in and trying to settle so that they have food, so that they they can create settlements too. And that comes to a head where you have to deal with whether you're going to help the regional governor of this area maintain her post or if you're going to help the the refugees um you know uh liberate the province essentially from that rule and you can make that choice it resolves either way and you'll complete that area and get a bonus for completing the area but you get to do either one of those um, very, very interesting how it frames it. Um, it's, it's done in sort of real time, uh, but it's turn-based combat, so you get into, like, the arenas if you accost any of the wilderness or anything like that out in the, in the woods. The thing that's I f- think is really interesting is you have that team of four. You start off with this, this team of four and one, uh, one horse, so that you have more storage space. Throughout the course of the game, though, you get to uh, add more horses if you want, 
And you can also hire more people, either through taverns, jails. You can free people from jail and have them work for you. There you go. Or... Your criminal empire starts here. Exactly. Or, this is cool, if you're fighting animals in the woods, you might have the ability, if you have the right materials, to try capturing animals like boars, wolves, or even bears. There you go. Bear and, army. And tame them. I have a bear. Nice. That works for me now. And it's works. great. Yeah, works. He gets fed really well. Also, my bear has the trait of vegetarian, so I have to feed him greens. Is oh, what it well, is. lame. <laughs> Here's the thing. So, at first you're thinking, oh, well, I want as big a crew as I possibly can. But in order to hire them, you need to have a certain amount of valor to spend on it, like, like a reputation, and mm. you have to have money. You have to have money. What about for the animals? Uh, you don't need money to pay them. They don't have a salary. But the animals do consume more food. So you also have to prepare meals when you're at camp. Yeah. There's, as you're going through the world, you get fatigued. And when you need to set up camp because your crew is fatigued, they're going to ask you like what you want to do to feed them. And make sure that their needs are met. And so you start to realize that you can have as big a crew as you want. However, you're going to have to pay them. And you're going to have to feed them. And if they're not yeah. getting fed and they're not getting paid, there's going to be discontent. They're not going to be happy. You might have ones that leave or uh, that relationships start breaking down between the different members of the crew. And so you have this balancing act about, like, what do you actually want to do and how big you want this crew to be and yeah. what what makes logical sense. Um, but it's that kind of give and take that I really appreciated about it where you're really thinking logistically about all of these elements. And it's not... Well, the tactics that go into a tactics game. Yeah, the tactics that go into a tactics game, but just even from the logistics standpoint of, oh, I gotta keep food on me. I need, like, a cook so I can cook the food that it, it has more nutrition value so that they, they can do that. Um, that I can set up tents and that I can set up, you know, uh, different stations so that they're happier, so that they can get more uh, uh, points for special skills when they rest. Uh, that I have a lookout tower so they don't get ambushed at night or it's less likely all of all of these things that they kind of put into like okay so you're building a crew and they need to survive but here's the logistics part of it and it's not a high fantasy sort of game you don't have like magic as far as i know like but you do have some more mythical creatures that you start to meet there's like ghost animals there are perfect uh, i want one of those I would like ghost animals too. I have not been able to figure out how you tame them yet. That's a that's a different thing. Uh, ghost box. Uh, Ghostbusters. I need a there you go. yeah. They need an add-on that just lets me have the uh, you know the Ghostbusters uh, blaster, and then I'll yeah. Just don't cross the streams. Don't cross the streams. I got to make sure that that's like a thing. Uh, there are uh, ancient ruins that you can go in, and, uh, if you have scholars, you can even find tablets and stuff that you can translate, but there are, you know, 
creepy uh, critters that are in the the temples, and they'll come after you. You need to have torches if you're going to go in. If you run out of torchlight, your entire crew is going to run scared out of the temple and suffer some penalties. They're going to get broken bones. They're going to get fatigued. Uh, they're going to get frightened and, and bump, bump their head. So you got to know about how much light you have. And and it's just interesting because they a lot of these systems that they put in place about the bonuses you get for completing missions, about the uh, the points that you can put into different skill trees, it's not made explicit when you start the game. They don't necessarily even tell you about it. But then they're like, oh, you got a skill point. And then you start to realize, oh, there's a whole range of different things that I can do. There's like relationships that happen between the different crew members. And if you accidentally like swing wide and hit one of your other crew members, the relationship between them deteriorates. And they don't work as well together afterward. And I, I like, I was sitting there thinking like, it's just such an interesting concept of really being able to just take the basic adventure experience and translate it into almost a tabletop sort of game uh, and mm. the logistics that go into it. It's not necessarily as epic as something like a, a Baldur's Gate 3, I'm sure, um, or, or any of those, but tries to kind of create more of a, a realistic sort of uh, aspect of what being essentially a mercenary group in this medieval world is going to be like and what it would take to actually run an army <laughs> that's going through the landscape so uh real interesting uh you even get the ability to um eventually build your own uh you know weaponry and armor and stuff like that uh augmented all of that stuff uh, you know, do you get a like a base of operations? Here's the cool thing. So you, uh, obviously you have like a base camp that's with you, so you can set up for base camp, and you can create right. you can create new buildings if you have a workbench, so that you can um, you can build towers, you can build tents and stuff, and different crew members can get assigned to those if they have the right skills, uh, and it, it will improve their happiness and everything like that. Um, but additionally, something you can do, uh, and I, I haven't saved up enough money for it, is that some towns, I've gotten to the second region, so I know that this is possible, will offer you, if you can pay, to put a post in town, which hmm. is like a base of operations that you can build out. Okay. So, uh, so like, that's the next thing for me, is to make sure I have enough money uh, so that I can buy that and still make sure to pay my crew. Um, but then that's that's the next aspect. It seems like every time you're like going around in this game, it's smart like this. Every time you're going through the game and you're going, oh, okay, I understand the basic combat. I get into one little combat. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, all right, it's easy enough to understand how I hit things and uh, you know heal myself if I have the ability or repair my armor or stuff like that. Okay, cool. Oh, oh, now I can actually build armor. Oh, and I've, I've gotten some stuff. Oh, now there are skill points because I've, you know, I've built so many items. You get a, you get a point into different skill trees. And then before you know it, after you're like, oh, okay, I think I understand how this game works. Before you can get bored, something else happens. 
and mm. like enemies you've never seen before ambush you on the side of the road. You get accosted by guards and they say, hey, we know that you stole some stuff and now you have to mitigate like, am I going to attack them? Am I going to pay them off? Can I bribe them? What can I do? Uh, you run across different, uh, you know, places. There's a, there was a wood mill I ran across one time and there's like a, a, a basement in the windmill that's locked by an ornate key. And I need to have this specific key in order to get into it. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm going to have to come back to that. Find a key that I can use for it. And the woman who's at this woodmill is like, there's nothing to see here. This is just a perfectly normal woodmill. You unlock the key. And you go down in there. And there's just like three people like chained up as like slaves that they've been that they've been <laughs> that they've been keeping there the entire time wow and of course being war tales you now have options because if you wanted to you could take them prisoner you could even turn them in if you wanted to it, or or you do what i do and i say uh-oh there are people down here i better go talk to that lady well, she's gone. I go to the out, outer world, the overworld, and she's there with her mercenaries, and they're like, "Oh, you snuck around in our place. Now, are you gonna are are you gonna like help us? Are you gonna let this go, or are we gonna have to fight for it?" Now I got to make another choice. So I got to fight them off so that I can free the the enslaved people, so that I can move on, so that I can rectify this thing but every single time they like keep presenting you with these scenarios in the overworld uh that are just really uh interesting and they'll they won't tell you about some of it there's um there's cliff faces that are too steep for you to climb up and i kept going oh that's really annoying you know because now i got to do this long loop around and then i can got to come back until i realized wait you can uh you can make pitons like the pitons with the rope and everything well why why can i make those and i like i right click on them at one point when i'm on near a cliff face oh you can set them down on top of cliff faces so that you can get up and down from there mountains it once you've explored on the upper part like just these things that you it's discover a -like. it's like a souls like yeah you you discover this stuff Take down the ladder. You, yeah, you, you but it's like you discover this stuff without realizing it and go, oh, that's a thing I never knew you could do. So it's this constant sense of discovery, not just in the landscape itself, but of all these mechanics that they put into the game that you didn't even realize you could do <laughs> in the first place because they didn't really hold your hand at, the, at all at the beginning. And so... It's this constant sense of discovery, and by the time you've discovered enough of it, you're, like, so familiar with the basic systems that you're like, Oh, cool! I'm gonna take on these three missions, and I've now learned how to negotiate my prices. I'm gonna go off and take care of some bandit camps and make some bank. And now I know I need to make this much money, and oh, now I have to build a, a post for my, myself, and I can build an encampment in this town. And on and on and on. So it's it's a really interesting thing that it does that I haven't seen a lot of other games do, where it can kind of both drip feed you the exploration of the world where you're learning more about it, 
but also the mechanics of the game itself drip feed itself in without them really telling you about any of it at all. Um, there might be systems in this game I don't even know about that I haven't yeah. even come across yet, and one day I'll be like, huh, I wonder what this is, <laughs> and, yeah. and just come across it one day. So, yeah, really impressive. Like, uh, the characters, uh, like, from just a, you know, production value, the characters are all voice acted. They're, they're all voice acted. They have music, uh, like, actual music scores. Uh, the the graphics are pretty nice. They, the, the maps look like almost... Uh, like world maps if you were looking at you know topographical maps they they look like that some technical aspects that are are not ideal uh like tracking missions and stuff like that but you know overall uh just really engaging more so than i really thought when i picked up the game uh and uh very very happy about it better experience than i've had with some of the other recent games that have come out um but I wanted to I wanted to tell you about that because I thought that the the way that they frame the game is just incredibly engaging. I'm now up to like I think twelve people and I have a bear and a couple uh horses. More bears. I need more bears. They eat so much though. The problem is you gotta feed them so much. <laughs> yep. That's the problem. I gotta have like entire banquet meals that I make like level three cooking so that i can feed the freaking bear and the horses so so that's the thing you want to be careful about that like your resource management is part of it it's really good in how it presents itself and all of those different aspects i like the ambiguity of not really telling you these are the good folks these are the bad folks it's gray area all around the game uh, of who you're supposed to be working for there aren't like big bad guys or really good guys they've all got problems and you got to figure out who you'd rather work for and uh as you try to solve the problems of each individual region but it's not like the big world ending sort of thing where you have to deal with yeah them. deal with them so anyway okay i'm done talking about war tales <laughs> okay i'm done talking about war tales uh if uh, anyone out there has actually played war tales though let me know in the comments down below. Uh, and what did you think of it? And do you like the systems that they put into place? And uh, and Alex can tell me at some point if he thinks that sounds like an interesting idea. <laughs> it sounds interesting. Uh, I might check it out on Steam. Put it on a wish list. Who knows? Put it on a wish list. Uh, yeah, you, uh, you, you might be able to figure out if you like it or not before the two-hour mark. Who knows? <laughs> Alex, I think we've been fully ramblematic all our own for enough time here. Uh, so if uh, folks would like to hear us ramble about something else, where could they go on the internet? If you'd like to hear us do anything else, please go to TotalPubLockdown.com. Check us out there. And while you're there, check out our Patreon banner. You can find episodes early over there, as well as some of the additional stuff that we talk about off-air. You can also find us on every podcast app known to mankind. Rate, review, and subscribe while you are there. And you can even find us on whatever the social media networks are called these days. I am at Citadium. I am at EXP Limited, and the show is at Pebble Knockdown. So check us out there for any and all of your pebbly needs. Uh, and with that being said, 
Thank you for joining us on Total Pebble Knockdown, and we will see you at the, not the movies, but the games. That's, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do the Siskel and Ebert thing, but oh. see you at the movies, but we don't, it's not movies. We'll see you in the podcast. See you in the podcast. We give it two thumbs sideways. Seacrest. Dead. <laughs> that was last season. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. You want me to? Do you want me to introduce this topic? <laughs> Let's start it with uh, the okay. f- n- uh, the first Nick. tweet from Nick, I guess. We're unfolding games news and games media genre, which is totally what people come here for. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm. I had picked up the Gothic franchise, you know, one, two, and three. And I couldn't launch one and two, and I, I got three to launch, and uh, I couldn't move. I was in the middle of a giant skirmish at this camp, and it was like the first thing, and I was like, I can't move from this spot, and I don't know how to swing my sword, and that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs>